薄いのはほHi, Jeff. Hi, it's Monday, though. Oh, it is Monday. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Should I do it over? <laughs> uh, no. Leave it like this. Leave <laughs> it like this. Okay. I just couldn't interrupt you because I didn't want to reveal my voice until yeah. you actually introduced me. Um, that's fair. Okay, so today we're discussing what we've、uh, been doing on our whole Japan trip, which we are currently basically in the middle of, so. It has not been completed. 65%. 65%. Jeff, is, Jeff likes math, so there we go. I made up his numbers. It's, that's roughly correct. So we're going to try to focus on the mostly manga things, but we might talk about general things too. So the first things I wanted to talk about were we went to, well, I only went to the, there's a Kimini Toruke exhibit that is currently still happening at the Tokyo Anime Center. Jeff and I went to this. Jeff read. Half volume of Kimi Nitoda K before going?、Uh, I was trying to read as much as I could, and I feel like the past three or four months I've had several attempts of trying to read as much shoujo or shoujo-se manga as I could, forcing deadline and failing. And then just not getting any further. Like, like, like first there was Tokyo Tower of Girls, then there was Maid Sama, then there was. Kiki Sweeper, and then this Kimi Nikoda K, which is like each one I've gotten further, I've gotten less and less into it by the time I needed to. You know, Kiki Sweeper is only three volumes. <laughs> and I got, I got a full volume through that.、Ooh. I think I got like 80% through the volume of Kimi Nikoda K. I downloaded like five v o l u m e s Oh, goodness. Anyway, so this Kimi Nikoda K exhibit is happening because, in case you don't know, it is ending soon. It has I guess ended. It, it has ended in Japan. In serialization form, it has ended. I, don't, I guess we don't know if the volume has come out with that. Yeah, I'm、ending. not sure if volume, I think, 30 or the, whatever the tanka, it is out. As they call it in the biz. In the biz. Great. Shut up, you nerd. <laughs> anyway,、um, it's definitely not finished in English. There is, I think the last volume was. 28, don't hold me to that, could be 27, somewhere in that range. So there are at least two more volumes that have come out in English.、Um, but yeah, so we went to the Kimi Nihoge exhibit, and I don't know any Japanese, so mostly I just looked at pictures. It was fun. Most of it was pictures. Yeah, most of it was pictures. It was basically just a summary of everything that's happened, which I know because I've read all 20 whatever volumes that have come out in English、oh, on like Jeff. <laughs> it wasn't just a summary of what's happened, it, it was. The like reproductions of manuscripts. Like, the, well, the... yeah, but I think the, the flavor text like on the walls that、oh, wasn't、yeah. on the pages was some weird summary. I just, I'm just assuming that. <laughs> yeah, and I can see how that summary would be really useful for people who have like have not read it in, since it originally came out and like, yeah. And like they're reliving it as they go through the exhibit. But I think the main thing was to see the. I, I, don't, I don't know if there are the actual original. Drawings or the re- reproductions of the drawings. But... No, that was definitely the coolest part, like seeing how they add screen tones and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. What, what I think is surprising about that, especially surprising to me because that was the first time I saw those,、uh, was how, it, how much you can see that is not visible in the, the actual like, manga product that you would see in a magazine or in a volume form or digitally. Like, there's so much. Uh, that's not picked up by the scanners used in those mediums. So you can see things like you can see when text is pasted on, like the, the color of the, of the paper that's, that's cut out on is different than the color of the paper that's glued onto. You can see the screen, where the screen tones like, end more abruptly, weirdly, because you can like, see like, there's like, a tone to the screen tones, kind of like,、mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and all the blue markings. All the blue markings. Everything's blue. Yeah. I, I forget. The science behind this, but like the scanners don't pick up on that shade, so you can just have whatever markings. I think actually in Nozaki kun, they explain this because, like, one,、oh, of the ta- yeah. one of the tasks she's given in Nozaki kun is to like 
like he'll draw notes in the manuscript and then she has to fill it in with screen tones or coloring or whatever oh and the other thing is the cut like the markers you could see that like the big chunks of black were just like oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you could see like the strokes left by markers yeah which is fascinating Kimi Shoike exhibit was interesting I enjoy that you know such a thing exists and it is unfortunate, you know, being behind in the story because I was like, oh no, spoiler alerts, they all have happy endings. Oh, <laughs> uh, the only impression I got was like, spoiler alert, they graduate. Oh my god, <laughs> oh yeah, they get out of high school after 30 volumes, you guys. <laughs> they finally get out of high school. And spoiler, and spoiler for me was having read a volume, I was like, oh, there are lots of characters, cool. There's more than just like the three. <laughs> or no, I guess at the point where I read... Oh, yeah, you didn't even know, like, her best friends, like... The point where I read, there was her, the dude... Kazuhaya-kun. Yeah, I, yeah, I should guy. know that because I looked up his kanji meaning. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm totally getting Blair was QQ Sweeper, though. Anyway. Kutaro. <laughs> um, yeah, so the dude, then, like, the two friends that she met, the two, girl, two girls that she met through him, and then they, like, just introduced the, like, girl who, like, has a crush on him and is... Maybe undermining her. Yeah. Wow. So. Yeah, you got nowhere. There were, a lot more than, <laughs> there were a lot more than four characters by the end. Yeah. But mostly those four. Well. Oh, is it most of those four? Mm, no. Yeah, <laughs> I so mean. Like, there are lots of dudes and the woman's just one dude, so. Yeah, there's a baseball playing best friend dude that mm. apparently you haven't met at all. <laughs> Oops. Anyway. Um, yeah, and then I bought some merch there, because of course I did, and I'm probably going to give away some of it on this podcast, but I have not determined how that's going to happen yet, so stay tuned for that. Uh, on the Twitters or something. (laughs) And then I wanted, I didn't go to this exhibit, but Jeff went to the Shonen, there's a Shonen Jump exhibit. I didn't know we were allowed to talk about in this, I didn't realize... Oh, I didn't realize what to talk did about. Did you look shonen. at the outline? I didn't, I didn't look at the outline. I didn't know we could mention the words shonen. Yeah, we we can mention the words shonen sometimes, but you know, okay, you can talk about your inferior shonen jump. Um, the, I, I just want to know. I didn't go to it. Jeff went with some other people, and I'm I'm curious how it compared. Obviously, this is we're comparing a <laughs> exhibit for one specific shojo <laughs> series to. What was the? It was just like Shonen Jump's been around so, for fifty years. Yeah, or so something? the the um yeah that's the like what's the word for it the the reason the the hook the no the occasion that it's celebrating okay. is the fiftieth anniversary. Yeah, and they and the exhibit is split into three chunks, and I forget the schedules, but I think the first chunk was like everything up until the nineties, and I forget how many how many weeks or months that ran. And this exhibit that I think is still running, I don't, again I don't remember the dates is still running is the um the 90s and the next one is everything after the 90s um which is a weird division because it's oh i didn't realize that actually like yeah so it's it's definitely not like split into equal thirds so wait you only got up to 1990 no 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 the thing thing was was the 90s so it was 90 through 99 oh okay but like that i think they kind of like stretch things and like chose what is more theme like what fit because i mean like all dragon ball was there Okay. And I, I don't think all Dragon Ball fit into one one decade, um, <laughs> like it, okay. things like that. And it basically ended with a ended with a bunch of teasers of like manga artists that had really successful series in the two thousands and had their their so this two thousand one is going on now. No, 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 no. 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 There's the nineties. There's ninety one's ninety one's still going for a while. I think. And I don't know when the two thousand ones the two thousands one starts. Maybe in like a couple months. Or summer, I think it's summer. Um, but yeah, it ended with the, like all the you know, like the Bleach like author, the sh- Bleach and Naruto come along. No, yeah, like, <laughs> like it ended with um, the Bleach author, the Naruto author, the One Piece author, a couple more. Wait, forever, One the, Piece didn't start no, until the, those authors all had one shots that were in the nineties. Oh, and I mean One Piece did I think start in nineteen ninety nine, and so like they were kind of stretching things a little bit. So they had this thing at the end that was like, here are the the one shots that would eventually launch these things in the next exhibit come back in a couple months, kind of thing. Anyway, that was a tangent. The um, the things that were I think interesting about it in comparison to the Kimunitoroke exhibit, I mean, obviously there were a ton of series. It was trying to catalog uh, a lot of different works and a lot of different authors and everything. Um, it was, I guess, like a similar structure in terms of having the either manuscripts or reproductions of the manuscripts. I guess we may as well talk about 
this now? A thing we learned later at the manga museum was how, and I, I wish I'd looked more carefully what it said about these manuscripts or reproductions, but there's a whole process you can go through to make these reproductions look exactly like the manuscripts originally look. So it might not be the actual manuscripts. It might be these like reproductions where they scan it and they go through a lot of digital tuning to make it look exactly like the original page looked. Anyway, so a bunch of those and a bunch of like text describing the different series and it was I think it was trying to go through chronologically. Um and there were a couple of rooms that were um pretty interesting that like had special like there was a Yu-Gi-Oh room that was really fancy and like a Yu-Gi-Oh room uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, of course there was. Yu-Gi-Oh room was great. Roni Kenshin room, which is uh, anyway, anyway, <laughs> reason by that. Um, uh, I'm trying to think, like, what was? I mean, it was. I guess it was impressive compared to the Kimi Yutori exhibit because it was like a big, lots and lots of rooms, lots and lots of stuff. It felt endless, and there was like a big merch shop at the end. But so it was basically the same as the Kimi Yutori exhibit, except like twenty times as large, thirty times as and, large, and each series got so much less feature you know it was like oh, okay yeah like some series like some of the bigger series got like a full wall and so they could have like oh like six to eight spreads mm-hmm. or covers or whatever and then some series had to be like okay here are the two series they did each of them gets like half of a tiny wall you know, like so, uh-huh. <laughs> so some, some things were pretty cramped yes for reference the kimini Torike was like half a room and a little maze you walked through it was like three three quarters of <laughs> walking yeah. to something like that, and then there was a little merch shop. It's like in the basement of this weird place. I don't know what the thing was. That was a weird. It one. was a weird place. The, the anime center. <laughs> the anime center. There's a bookstore or something on the first floor, and then they have this exhibition hall in the basement. It was strange. And that merch shop in the basement was just seemed like it was just full of random assorted merch that was left over. We have noises in our Airbnb. Yeah, so, it, I mean, I think the Kimi Nutori exhibit was a lot smaller, but, like, had a lot more heart, really. Like, even though I hadn't That's seen... That's manga for you. Oh, yeah. I mean, even though I hadn't read the whole series, I mean, like, it was very... It was much more sentimental. It had, like, that had music playing throughout, and... Oh, yeah. I assume that was mu- music that was important to the series somehow? Oh, well, it has an anime. Was it music from the anime? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> That's helpful. <laughs> Wasn't paying that much attention. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. Um, sorry, we're, we're going to pause, wait for whatever's happening. Are we pausing? What's happening out there? We're back now after interruptions from the Airbnb. <laughs> and and as part of this interlude, I'm going to make what? Ashley eat a piece of cake. What does this have to do with this is, this is This is a... I don't know what... What funwari means, but a funwari sakura chiffon cake from from a co-op on Yakushima, um, and this is a manga reference because in today's chapter of One Piece, Big Mom finally ate the chiffon cake that has been building up for like fifty chapters, and this is a chiffon cake. You know what? No, we don't discuss shonen manga. <laughs> I guess as of was a good chiffon cake. Right now, it's pretty good, right? It's it's pretty good. Yeah, we've been trying to eat anything. That we sakura see flavored. that's sakura themed flavored. Is it, is it flavored. a good transition to you put a bullet point of cherry blossom culture? Yeah, cherry blossom culture. Sure, we can skip uh, the one we'll thing go back now. To that. Yeah, we'll go back to that. Um, cherry blossom culture. Have we been impressed? Like we came in. The, so we we've been to Japan. We came. We cherry blossomed. No, shut we up. <laughs> we've been to Japan. Jeff's been to Japan one more time than me, mm-hmm. but we as a group we have come. There these Airbnb people that we have referenced <laughs> disrupting us. Uh, as a group, we have come twice before, both times in the fall. So this time we were like, hey, let's like go during this cherry blossom season that we hear about. And uh, so that's what we're doing. And, um, and I'm sure it's impossible as a manga or anime fan to not hear about it. <laughs> Just like the imagery of, oh my god, that'd be love confession. Haven't you read Cardcaptor Sakura? <laughs> I mean... So, so that's something I'm actually curious about, because since I've only watched CCS and I haven't read it, it like, are the cherry blossoms like as prominent in the manga? In the manga? Because it's something I imagine as like a visual, like them just falling in the background. I'm pretty throughout. sure that like the start of the new manga is cherry blossoms hmm. stuff because oh. it's the start of the school year and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there's, I mean, there's lots of sakura 
like candy and sweets and stuff that we've been trying and that's just like to various the, degrees of liking <laughs> most have been good most of i feel like most of it is not actually that much sucker flavoring at all it's just like a tiny bit and then a marketing gimmick that's oh, okay. it's working on me. I love it. Yeah, that's the most pessimi- pessimistic side of it, but I guess the more optimistic side is the Hanami, the flower viewing culture. Yeah, which um, I guess so we started off in Tokyo, then we went to Kagoshima, basically only to go to Sakurajima, which is a volcanic island. Then we went to Yakushima, which is the place that like... You, you, ins- you pronounce Sakurajima like Sakura, which by the way... I'm not good at Japanese, <laughs> and everybody on this podcast who listens to the podcast knows it by now. <laughs> anyway, then we went to Yakushima, which is the... I guess the whole thing is, like, an inspiration for Princess Mononoke. I don't know. Yeah, I was... This, like, everyone hypes up that forest as being an inspiration for Princess Mononoke. I was surprised that it was, like... It wasn't like you enter a forest, and now it feels like Princess Mononoke. It was, like... I guess it's kind of just the whole thing's foresty. I think... What sounded more related to Prince Mononoke was the backstory of much of the forest. Right, that's being why I was down. like, "Oh, I didn't realize." I think the whole the whole thing is like. Wait, wait so we should explain the backstory. Like, what I heard secondhand was like the for a lot of the forest was chopped down. And they replanted it, so the the trees that are actually like original from before that are pretty rare in yeah. there. And so that sounds a lot like the premise of. And that's what like half of the island is a world heritage site. I think because I guess those are the parts that are original. Mm. Um, there were no monkeys in Princess Mononoke. Sad. Okay, <laughs> there are lots. There are lots of monkeys on Yakushima. Um, and now we are in Kyoto, and I do have to say that mm, Cherry Blossom Culture in Kyoto has been like too touristy for me so far. Yeah, that's something in general that we were talking about earlier today. That I, I find Kyoto. Everyone else on this trip prefers Kyoto to Tokyo. I, I think prefer... it's a cooler. It has a cooler vibe. Like the streets have a cooler vibe. I I prefer. I guess that's true. Like there are a lot more pretty streets and stuff. I prefer Tokyo to Kyoto. One of the big reasons is just for otaku anime culture things. Because <laughs> I'm <Shonen> jump exhibits. <laughs> I'm I'm a basic boy. Um, but but also I feel like in Tokyo it's easy to do lots of touristy things and just kind of feel like you're part of daily life in Tokyo, whereas in Kyoto it feels like you go and do the touristy things and then you're just like part of the swarms of tourists. Doing yeah. Not not even not even like local or like Japanese versus non-Japanese or foreigner kind of thing. It's just like your swarms of people like going through these things because it just looks pretty and whatever and you're like in Tokyo I feel like it feels like you're absorbing all these cool things and pretty views while just seeing people going about, going to school going to work and stuff and I don't know. I think part of that is there's so much more like training infrastructure where a lot of the touristy places in, Tokyo, in Kyoto are like you're walking through these places that are just mobbed with people. Yeah, I definitely don't remember feeling that on our last trip when we went to Kyoto in the fall. But today, mm, I was definitely yeah, like it was busier now because of it. Yeah, today walking around, I was like, crowds <laughs> make me cranky. <laughs> but but about just having general sakura stuff around, like the, one of the first experiences we had when we were walking from like we had an Airbnb. The first Airbnb, we, the first Airbnb we had in Tokyo was in Nakano near Nakano Broadway and oh yeah just like walking along like fr- I guess we got off at like west Nakano or east Nakano yeah, east, east Nakano it wasn't the main Nakano station right I mean like our Airbnb was a little bit closer to east Nakano but we got off or sorry it was a little bit closer to central Nakano station but we got off at east Nakano and walked along the train tracks there and we were like I saw this on the map and I was like this doesn't look like a good route and then we walked along it and it was like an iconic scene from anime yeah where, like, we were like we're in an anime because <laughs> like it was just like beautiful sakura lining the, the street like quiet quiet street with the train occasionally going by to the point where like we got to one like there was like a bridge like an overpass yeah. and there was just, like a line of people there taking pictures of this of the yeah. blossoms, which we didn't notice until we got close we're like wait why is everyone yeah, quiet we're like, taking pictures why is this happening i guess this just looks pretty from up there like cool. there, there may have been something else going on there I don't, know. I don't think so. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just it was just really be- like so. There was lots of things like that. They were just like n- normal, bland, standard views. Look so pretty when they're just randomly full of sakura. Yeah, I mean everything is very pretty. I definitely think now that we're in Kyoto and then there's a little too many crowds, we're like, eh, it's not that pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Not pretty enough <laughs> to make me stop. 
and uh, fight to take a picture with all these people, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. That's how I feel. I mean, even in Tokyo, we went to some places that we went to, like Ueno Park, and that was oh. full of people going there to view the Chaibakus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was that was our first experience, so we were kind of like, okay, now we, we have a baseline of how crazy this is, right? Like, I felt like that was all, like, moving along. Also, quickly. we had Sakura-flavored ice cream. Hmm. Which I kind of liked, but my boy toys did were like too floral. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, Jeff was like definitely the the biggest hater. Yeah. But yeah. So uh, cherry blossoms are fun. Oh, today I bought sakura themed. Is it called kampeto? I didn't know that was a word until I don't know. It's the thing that Q Taro Q Taro in QQ Sweeper tells Fumi to eat because he really likes them, but then is like immediately says like you need to go brush your teeth after this because they're so sugary and i was like i love you kutaro um and then i i looked at a a list of confectionery things you should get in kyoto because there are a lot of confectioneries here and uh that was one of them and then i was like you know what between kutaro and that i'm i'm gonna do it i'm gonna buy lots of that can, can we call him the eponymous q is he one of the q's in the title Super? i mean he has to be what's the other q well, that was, actually, that, I think... That was my judgment after volume one. <laughs> Who wears the other Q? No, no, no. I think the Qs are actually maybe Queen's quality. It's, it's like it's like a it's like an unbloomed cherry blossom. It's like QQ, and then it blooms into Queen's quality. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I honestly don't know. It's up to the title. <laughs> <laughs> I, I assumed that he was one of the Qs. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Uh, the last thing I had to discuss... Well, no, that's not true. <laughs> the thing that we're going to go back to is we went to the Kyoto Manga Museum today, and uh, Jeff now wants to be a, a manga scholar. <laughs> I mean, part of the... I mean, the Manga Museum, I don't know what I expected it to be, because I, cause I think the... We I feel had, like it was exactly what I expected it to be. Yeah, I guess I should have expected that. I mean, I guess we'd seen it listed as in things to do in Kyoto a while back, and we've been to Kyoto once before, and we never really had it on our radar. And the reason we had it on our, we had it on our radar this time was we went to like a panel at it wasn't it was Country Roll Expo. It was Country Roll Expo, it wasn't a Takathon. I right. went to a panel at Country Roll Expo about like academia and anime and manga and like one of the one of the speakers, like I forget exactly what her research is in, but she was like listing resources that were interesting and useful. And I think she must have studied abroad in Kyoto. And she was like, This is one of the many resources that is really really cool and really neat to see. And in that sense, yeah, it is really neat because I think what it is is mostly a, like, I mean, it's comprehensive... affiliated with a university, right? Right, right. So... But I think it's it's a fully comprehensive library of, I, I don't know if it's all, but at least, like, it wasn't all because we didn't, they didn't see all Cyber 009 at least, but most Yeah, manga. I was very confused. <laughs> I mean, they had, like, they had, like, volumes 1 through 10, did some scattered ones, and then, like, the last one or something, or, like, one of the last ones. I... Okay. Anyway. I have opinions. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I have... Conspiracy theories. <laughs> Conspiracy theories about Cyber Zero Nine. That was weird because you said that the volume one didn't start off how you remembered it starting off. Well, the problem is I think Cyber Zero Zero Nine. Does it's... it start off in volume zero? That would make sense for a series called Zero Nine. No, 009. <laughs> I think it's that it has many different iterations and they kind of get like weird subtitled things. Uh... So I kind of think that maybe the first ten volumes were missing. Like the thing that I think is Cyborg 009 because it's the only stuff that has come out in America was exactly what wasn't there. <laughs> but well, that seems have... weird. It doesn't make sense. It didn't make any sense. I didn't yeah, understand. I should have looked for other like titles that might be different because they were all they were all organized by like first year when the first volume came out. Yeah. So like the, the other subtitled series may have been in different sections. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, my, my main point is that like it can be I feel like it was a little bit disappointing. It, it can be a little disappointing going in like expecting like this rich experience of like museum type experience that you want to have but yeah. if you want to go in and see tons and tons of manga um and it seems like a lot of people were there to like spend several hours just reading lots of manga a lot of people just like had a I couple mean, books and were, yeah i just had a couple there books was this little kid camping. who was like get out of my way you don't oh the, the one piece kid yeah i guess so i don't think he was good I, I wanted to ask him his thoughts well on he kept characters. walking in front of us even though we were clearly looking at a shelf and he could go around us and he just like did i think it. he was just running to put the Exchange One Piece volumes. He was reading One Piece. He was he was great. I loved him. <laughs> um, he was he was reading a volume with Ivankov on, on the cover. I wanted to ask him how he caught. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, one, Ivankov is like 
one of the rare no we don't this one of the is, rare this positive is manga podcast. Queer, one of the rare <laughs> positive queer representations of one piece one piece <laughs> has a very troubled history with queer characters but Ivankov is a positive queer character anyway um yeah it inspired me to be like oh it would be really great if i had a job where i could actually use all of this like like research it and make use of it there's so much manga yeah i mean going into it i tried to jeffrey was like is there really no manga in other languages i'm like i'm pretty sure it's just a library full of japanese manga that i at least could not read in the slightest and jeff was like i don't believe this and there is like a tiny section that's like manga from around the world yeah i mean so, so the thing is called international manga museum yeah what i was worried was it would be a museum we've been to a couple different little museum things that not had not had any english text yeah that's what i was worried it would be mm. that it would have lots of plaques and stuff without any english text all of the plaques the few the few like installations they had that were like descriptions of things they all all had english translations so that was that was good yeah um but that's that's like minimal compared to the actual library itself of manga but yeah. i feel like the that section you're talking about that had manga in other languages and stuff it was nice that it's there i wish it could have been bigger i mean yeah, it's pretty tiny. I feel like it's there to, like, fulfill the minimal requirements to be in a national manga museum. I also, like, didn't even... I was like, where is America in this? Like... Uh, I guess I didn't specifically look for it. I mean, I saw a North America thing at some point, but it looked like it was mostly American comics. Uh, oh. And I was very confused, to be honest. I mean, maybe the other sections were full of Japanese comics in translating those languages because maybe they didn't have as prominent comics in their own languages maybe i don't know um i mean i, I don't want to like fault the, muse- the museum for not having more of that because it's like i still think it's great that it can exist and it, it seems like it's the kind of thing that like an institution a university can only have by opening it up to the public yeah. and asking to pay and stuff so like mm. i think it's great that like they found a system that seems to work and that seems to be i don't know if it's profitable like it seems to <laughs> yeah work i don't it know it's been there a while right i don't know the history of it mm, i assume so i don't know the history there was there was one of the best one of the best rooms. It's so weird. The room with the oh, the, the cast the cast of the hands. Yes. So basically it, it seemed like whenever whenever manga artists come to the universe come to the museum for any special event, they like make a like a plaster a plaster cast of their hands. Yeah. And then like so they have just the manga artist's hands on display. Yeah. <laughs> with, like holding holding a pen, holding a pencil. And it was just great. Um and and they have um Shikishi with each of the manga artists like drew something special next to it so you recognize them and stuff and, and those had dates and they went back I can't they go back it was 2007 at least yeah I think I think the earliest one I saw was like mid 2000s so anyway it's been around some years not like a ton but I'm glad that it exists enough. and I'm glad they have a business model that works and it seems to be popular like we were there like when it was closing and like there was lots of people hanging out reading manga yeah seemed good and uh we spent we spent an hour there just wandering around trying to figure out what what the heck's up with the cyborg zero zero nine, uh, looking at all the stuff, looking at hands. <laughs> <laughs> I love the hands. Uh, reading all the plaques. Uh, has a plaque about like how royalties and stuff work in the how money oh, works in manga. It was, it was how, oh yeah, it was how like business how money flows from. It's stuff that like I kind of take for granted as common knowledge after reading something about Bakuman. Yeah. Also not a shoujo manga. Also <laughs> very much... not a shoujo manga. <laughs> hashtag very much not a shoujo manga. Hashtag very condescending towards shoujo manga. Anyway, no. and that's, that's another story. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, but like, it was like the full process of like... Because I think like, people don't realize how much money like when in weekly serialization the money that the, the author gets has to be subdivided to their assistants to pay the rent. They can often end with weekly serialization end up in debt from just having to pay for all those things and it's only through volume sales that ever ever make any kind of profit to live and survive um which is a huge problem in sucks and it's like that plaque ended with the conclusion of like it is not an exception to find manga artists who are not rich or like not millionaires or something I'm like it's more like a huge exception that manga artists, artists are millionaires okay i didn't say millionaires like it's not an exception to find manga artists that aren't hugely profitable or something uh, and I was like I think it's actually more of an exception that manga artists are hugely profitable yeah. like it's like like the 1% of manga artists can actually I mean, make a ton of money the way of it, all publishing but yeah <laughs> I, I guess so what sucks for manga is that like, you can have a weekly publication that yeah. you have to like break your back for yeah. literally break your back for and be going into debt to make it yeah that sucks 
Oh, manga. And uh, the, well, the exhibits that were happening... Okay, actually, my favorite part was they had a... They had two sections for the most popular manga of last year, so 2017. And uh, it was just fun to see which ones they had listed, because there were some shoujo ones. Those sections confused me, because there were... I think it was, like, at each staircase level. Yes. But some of them were, like, most popular, and I couldn't tell what was, like... Was it their conclusions the most popular? Was it, like, from awards? I, I don't I know. I don't know. But it was an interesting selection of, like, stuff that's been popular recently, and some of it is, like, well-known to English audiences now, like, has gone to the hype cycle to the West. Some of it hadn't. It all looked pretty cool, though. Yeah, I guess the one that really struck me was that, you know, Jeff, I was like, Jeff, what's this one? Because I can't read Japanese or whatever. And then he flipped it open, and it had it, like, in Romanji, I guess. It had it written out in English characters, and then I was like, oh, it's the new Iyo Sakisaka thing that I knew was really popular in Japan. The Otame... O- Omoi, Omare... Yeah, yeah, that one. Fumi... So yeah. Yeah, something, yeah. Yeah, and, and I was like, oh... I the Strobe Badge author. Yeah, the Strobe Badge author. Right. And uh, that was interesting to see in light of Al Harder Ride being recently announced to be uh, acquired by Viz. And I'm like, when's Viz going to pick this up? Because <laughs> I knew it was one of the most popular manga of last year. So I'm just like, why isn't Iyosaki Saka blown up <laughs> in the States yet? Mm. <laughs> like, I don't get it. <laughs> uh, but that that will be discussed in the Strobedge episode. <laughs> that is forthcoming. So I think that's that's Manga Museum. We spent about an hour there, and uh, I thought that I also was... spent like an hour just looking for manga magazines. Do you want to really rant about that? Oh that, god, that is, that is shoujo manga, Jason. That is shoujo manga. So you know, I knew that you could buy Shonen Jump and stuff in convenience stores, and so I was like, cool. Like I want the latest flowers magazine because I just wanna I just wanna have a look at new Shigiyugi, the Byako arc recently started like half a year ago and then i was like sweet a new one a flowers magazine apparently comes out on the 28th of every month and that's like you know it was a few days after we got here yeah so i was like cool there's a new flowers magazine like i'm gonna go try to find it the day of and we go to Kombini and can't find it and i'm like super confused the only way i know where <laughs> manga magazines exist is in Kombini. i also accidentally got you a Weekly Shonen Magazine instead of a yeah. Flowers, because I, I got I got I got confused <laughs> on many levels. I couldn't remember you said Flowers. I thought you said Morning, which is a I think it's actually a Seinen manga magazine. I'm not sure. That's Ma- not Ma- a Shonen. Ma- Ma- it might be Shonen, might be Seinen. Flowers um, is a is a, a Jose magazine. Oh okay. Um, and so I thought I was getting Morning, and it was like on a convenient like a train station, and I like pointed to it and I said Morning. Oh yes. And I think that the clerk was very confused because it was not Morning, it was Magazine. <laughs> but, like, Wiki Shonen Magazine just, like, had so many things over the, the katakana that says Magazine, so I couldn't read what it... Th- I just saw, like, Ma, and I was like, that could be Morning. That could um, be So it was, it was neither... It wasn't what she requested or what I thought it was. And I don't know. I got to look at the new series by the artist of um, A Silent Voice, which, I mean, is simulpubbed in English anyway. So, oh, great. So, nothing. I mean, I, I have a You weekly, did nothing. I pay for it on Comicsology Weekly. You paid to get the end of, what, Fuka? Yeah, that was... Oh, that, that was, was an experience. <laughs> Oof. Anyway, that's Anyway, this shoujo manga podcast is pure and innocent and full of heart, okay? You keep um, Fuka but, crap but, out of here. Okay, tonight, tonight we thought to go to a bookstore to find, like, a more comprehensive magazine section. Yeah. And at first we struggled to find a magazine section, and I was like maybe they don't have a magazine section. Maybe this magazine section is just these, like, three or four magazines to go find yeah. in the checkout aisle. And then we found it in the back of the store, and it was, like, several aisles. It was just so many magazines. Yeah. And, and then was I was manga, like, manga oh, aisle. here is where all the shoujo and Jose magazines have been all along. And then I found a flowers, I have, which I have not opened, because then we came back and just, like, started podcasting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I opened my Gundam magazine. Yeah, Jeff opened his Gundam magazine. I'm a basic because... boy. Yes. Hashtag basic boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a basic Gundam boy. Oh boy. <laughs> anyway, so that's that's an adventure. So if you ever want to buy uh, shoujo or Jose magazines in Japan, you gotta you gotta go to the bookstores. Apparently. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't understand until I went there why I was like, okay. I understand they have limited shelf space in Kombini, but 
but like surely the day that this magazine comes out it must be stocked surely and then after mm-hmm. seeing like all the manga magazines like you were like, like okay, okay i was it. like i can kind of understand now i mean i guess i can understand if it was a jose yeah yeah i still feel like but there were they... no shoujo ones yeah that's weird right I mean, it might be like when they come like that day they come out and maybe they get cycled out or something. But, maybe because uh, they're probably more monthly than weekly, like yeah. the shonen ones. I think that was what is still semi depressing to me is that at the manga museum they had it was from 2015 to 2016, which whatever we don't really know how they were measuring this, but it was like top ten manga from. 2015 to 2016, and none of them were shoujo or jose. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. It was like, you know, normal things you would expect, like One Piece, Naruto. That, that, that was, oh, oh, Naruto, Naruto, Naruto. You said that very Japanese. <laughs> um, Sometimes I try. <laughs> Naruto, Naruto, and his. People probably want me to try a lot harder than I normally do. So there you go. I said Naruto. <laughs> Naruto and his musuko. But when I Naruto. mess when I mess up, it's genuinely because I often can't hear the difference. Sakura, Sakura. Sakura. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, that list didn't surprise me because it's like, I feel like we see lots of, like, if you can look at the top manga sales in Japan on A&M at any point, any, like, snapshot of a month or whatever. Yeah. So, like, it's like, okay, that's similar to that list. And But that's why I liked seeing the 2017, including shoujo stuff. Because, like, I've looked up manga rankings. That's why uh, I, I knew that the Iosaki Saka thing was popular because I looked at weekly... Mm. Uh, rankings where it was ranked really high mm. when it first is like when each volume comes out or whatever. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that that's what I live for. Shoujo manga got to take over the world. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why I thought some of them like that. Those those collections seemed much more informed by critics. They seemed like lists kind of lists that were informed by critics more than popularity. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if they were or not, but maybe yeah. possibly. Well, I think, I think one of them was definitely listed as like this is the people the, the artists or the, the works that won some kind of award oh, and yeah. those made those made a lot more sense because it was like okay yes, I've heard of this series winning lots of awards recently and stuff like that so <laughs> fine whatever cool I'm telling you the Iosaki Saka one is like actually sales wise one of the more popular things yeah I wish the English market had more capacity for awards because it sucks like we only yeah. hear about like we hear about them getting awards in Japan and stuff but like the the biggest yeah, we had the Crunchyroll manga had a, there was a category there was a category for manga in the Crunchyroll there, there was yeah that's not much <laughs> and like manga like struggles to get included in like best of the year lists for graphic novels yeah. and stuff and oh yeah I saw the New York Times is gonna start doing reviews of graphic novels and I was like does that include manga I didn't look that far into it I don't I don't mm. know. New York Times, man. They're weird. Anyway, do you have a, a general favorite thing we've done on this trip so far? Oh, yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the, um... Jeff's face lit up, like, so happy. <laughs> um, I forget if I posted it by now or not, but the, um... So, the... The hostel that we stayed at in... On Yakushima. Yakushima, people don't know, we mentioned before, but it's the remote island that Prince Mononoke is kind of based on. And we stayed at a hostel there. It was a pretty nice, pretty nice hostel. Um, I but liked they, it. they had an, what they labeled as a Japanese style ofudo bath, um, which I may have posted by now on social media an image of me crossing. I didn't physically cross this out, but in like Photoshop, crossed off Japanese style or anime style ofudo. <laughs> um, of course you did. Because um, I've seen these all the time in anime and didn't think. Because it seemed like the kind of thing you have in a household. And I was like, I'll never stay in a place that has that. Like, the place, the Airbnbs we stay at are, like, small apartments. They, they this have... Airbnb is real cramped though, right now. I mean, we're in the, we have the kind of bathroom that does kind of have an Ofudo a little bit. Like, it has a bathtub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I could never fit in that, like... Oh, it, yeah, no. Like... Your big boy body. Your big <laughs> yeah. American boy body. Basically, like, sitting up, right? <laughs> like, um, and, yeah, so it's, like, the kind of thing that... Hey, I've seen anime, like, you fill it once for the family, and then you, you shower before you get into it, and then you just soak... And it's kind of like a it's kind of like a little private onsen. That's all Jeff really wants in life. I, re- I really like onsen, um, <laughs> and so having like a private onsen that's you know to do the hassle of seeing other people is is really nice. Um, and also having like a window you can look outside the port. It's really nice. It was... Yeah, 
What is my favorite thing? I have, a, I have difficulty choosing a favorite thing because I really liked our little Sakurajima and Yakushima jaunts, but I also really liked the day that we basically made a circle around Tokyo, like going to each place for like an hour, <laughs> which was the Kimi Todoke day. Oh. Oh, right. Um, I spent like most of the day at the Shonen Jump exhibit. Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't go to the Shonen Jump exhibit with I went with our other travel companions to go see the lights hmm. and cherry blossoms along the Meguro uh, River and did some other stuff. But we were all together in the morning. I mean, we, yeah, that's when we went to Ueno Park. We did a lot of stuff that day. We went um, to the Pokemon Cafe. Oh, the Pokemon Cafe was really nice. <laughs> very shoujo, uh, very manga. Much manga. So I feel like uh, we crammed a lot of s- fun stuff in there. Um, so those like four days of hours like too solid to pick mm-hmm. <laughs> a favorite thing uh, Pokemon Cafe is definitely the best themed cafe we've been to we haven't been to that many I mean okay it's a but... brand it's a brand new cafe attached to a brand new Pokemon Center it's a permanent cafe it's not like a random rotating one like other things yeah and people aren't aware like I, I think the main rotating cafes are the anime cafes and they are generally like you know like have a base set of like things that they can make and they kind of like try to adjust the themes to to various anime like we went to the digimon one it was like oh these are the scrambled eggs that yamato would make you yeah, know like, it, was, it was a real force um and, and even even without the forcing of the themes, like the food itself is not very good and it's kind of like okay you're going there for the atmosphere you're going there for the the fun theming, but you're not going there for the food. Pokemon Cafe was the first cafe, theme cafe, where I was like, this food is actually good. I mean... Are you including the Final Fantasy Cafe? The Final Fantasy Cafe had more interest... So this is the Final Fantasy fourteen. Okay, it was um, themed, I really couldn't really remember. <laughs> you didn't remember? Somebody asked us, and we were like, uh... <laughs> Asked us what? Well, one of the people at the hostel asked us if oh, it you're talking was about a... Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, no, because I think there are other... I think there's like a Square Enix cafe and a Final Fantasy 15 one now and stuff that I haven't listened to. Um, but anyway, yeah, the Final Fantasy 14 cafe might still be there, but it's themed like the one of the locations in the game. And that had really interesting food, but I don't remember it tasting great. I don't remember what you got. We, we got, we got the giant, we won like the giant like jackpot. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> thing. Um, that was just a lot of food to eat through people. Yeah, we were not, we were not prepared for that. Um, <laughs> um but the Pokemon cafe was like, it was really nice. We didn't get an iPad, though. We're not sure why. Maybe because we're foreigners and we didn't know Japanese. Oh, yeah, there was, like, on every other table, there was an iPad to order food, but except on ours, and we're like... Well, weren't the, only, the table next to us didn't get one. Oh. That's what confused me, because they were speaking Japanese, definitely, and they didn't Yeah, they were definitely iPad. Japanese. Yeah. I don't know. It was weird and confusing, but um, you should probably go to Pokemon. I mean, it's not, like, the best food you will ever eat in anywhere <laughs> or in Japan, no. but it was, like... Literally at other, like, the Digimon one, we got food that we were like, we, we actually don't want to eat this. <laughs> like, it was, it was bad. Yeah, and the Pokemon Cafe just has so many nice little, like, things around the room, too. Like, we went, I guess they, like, go in waves of reservations, and we got there, like, we ended up, like when we got four. the, when we, when we sat down, we had, like, not that many other people were there, so we could take pictures of the stuff, and then it later got crowded and it was hard to take pictures, but lots of interesting things along the walls and stuff. Yeah. Also there, there attached was, to a Pokemon Center. I think there was artwork. I forget exactly what. I think there was artwork from the Pokemon manga artists. That's manga related. This is manga podcast. Manga podcast. Shoujo manga podcast. <laughs> there is a shoujo Pokemon manga. I think. What? Okay, just gonna look it up. Magical Pokemon Journey. Interesting. I'm pretty sure this exists. Yeah. Interesting for 1997 to 2003. Yeah. <laughs> published in English by my own company. Yeah. What? Yeah, it's going to be magical when we get there. <laughs> Quote, based on the plot, it might as well not be about Pokemon at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, interesting, no, no, no. interesting. Uh, anyway, um, other recommendations? I don't know. We did so many things and it all, we were scared. Yeah. Out. We still have things to do, so we're in Kyoto for a few more days. Tomorrow we've decided to go on a jaunt into Osaka, even though we insist that <laughs> Jeff... Jeff, you started to defend that no, Osaka has something to it's do. It's that I hear from lots of people that Osaka is great. So a lot of, like I hear some people say that they actually prefer Osaka over Tokyo, 
and stuff. And That's our our only experience with Osaka has been to like stop by for like an hour or two to go to a Kaiten Sushi, a conveyor sushi place <laughs> that is a chain that we just heard had. It was great. <laughs> it, it's, it's a good. It's a good conveyor sushi chain. And we just that's happened to be passing Osaka. through Osaka, and there was a location there, so we went to it there. And that's all we did in Osaka. And then they all concluded at the end of last year, at the end of the last trip, being like, okay, Osaka's not that great. And I'm like, because we just went to a chain restaurant there. Like, that wasn't... Whatever, we're going to a baseball game. It's fine. Um, I still don't know, like... Right, so I feel like we haven't given it a share of shake, but I don't know what the fair shake is. And we'll you've, look, you've, you've looked into things and been kind of unimpressed by what kind of things people are yep. recommend, so... I'm I don't unimpressed. know. Soap making class is pretty cool. We just did today. Oh yeah, we did silver making class today. That was fun. Had a little teacher was a little bit snarky. He was nice. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> was snarky because one of our companions kept like the the teacher would like mine out the instruction would mine out what he's doing and give instructions in Japanese. And then so one of our companions would start like doing that too before he explained and he'd be it in like, English. I'm class. I'm not done. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I think there was some point where he asked us if we knew what a circle was because we were supposed to be making. It. <laughs> he was like, "Are you familiar with what a circle looks like?" Yeah. And we were like, no, our circle is different in Japan. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I assume, I assume circles here are just like sakura. Yeah. Flowers I say, yeah. <laughs> it seemed like a fair did, did your, in your freshman year in Japanese class, did they like, if it was correct, it was a circle. If it was like super correct, it was a circle with flower around it. What? That, that's what our I teachers did. I don't remember did. that. Maybe I just never got anything super correct because that seems Miss, like a fair assumption. I, mean, I assumed it was like a 90 was a circle and like a 100 was like a circle with the flower petals around it. Whoa, I never got a 100 <laughs> on anything in that class. I, mean, I think it was like little, like, okay, like there are three questions on the quiz or something. Nope, I would have got all of them wrong. That's how bad okay. I was. I, I can draw one for you, Ashley. Cool, thank you. Can you please make me feel good about myself <laughs> five years later? I'll draw one for this podcast recording. Great. Okay. I have to remember the outro. Thanks for listening to Shoujo and Tell. Comments, questions, constructive criticism, concerns. Complaints. Get, get the cis men off this podcast. Get the cis men off this podcast. <laughs> yeah. No more Jeff. Um, that's a fair complaint. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love you. <laughs> you, you should have brought any non-cis men on this trip. Yeah. I, yeah. The issue is that I am traveling with three cis dudes, so the options were limited. <laughs> I figured Jeff deserves some time. He works at Biz. That's nice. I just want to know that, like... No, you want to know what? Like, the number of times you refer to me on the podcast. I don't know this... I I tell this to you in person, too. I don't know people on the podcast. Like, (laughs) you mention me way too much. You don't need to, like... Well, this disclaim is Jeff, y'all. These... You know, you know Jeff. But, like, you keep disclaiming it; it makes it seem like there's something going on. Like, I'm secretly pushing manga. Like Ashley, talk about the Viz manga. <laughs> It's not now. What's happening? No, I don't do that. that. Most of the time, you cover a series, and I'm like, I didn't even know Viz published that. You're like, what the heck is a QQ sweeper? (laughs) No, that you you had mentioned sweeping enough for that. But sometimes you'll be like, I love that series. But sometimes you'll like, it will be like, I'm recording an episode tomorrow about this series, and I'm like, oh, who publishes? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, you know your your company publishes a lot of shoujo manga. Okay, most of the most of the Viz manga that I'm familiar with are the ones with the weird titles like Dean Angel because I have because I was like testing. (laughs) Oh yeah. By the way, if you're using the Viz app and you search for Dean Angel with without any special characters, it'll find it. Just type in DNA. And that's Jeff's Jeff's on your side, (laughs) y'all. Even though it is technically D half space katakana dot (laughs) and half space katakana dot A space angel. DN no, there's no double A. What are other Whatever. ones? Lovecom or something? Oh, Lovecom has a star. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Mistress Fortune, something. Mistress Fortune has a star. Yeah, in it. well, lots of weird titles. Yeah, you know the shojo makes you. Yu Gi Oh, that's the most shojo. Oh, Yu Gi Oh is that the one you well, use? Well, you trash. <laughs> no, Yu Gi Oh is complicated because it has like it has dashes. Also, it has like some of the series have like five different authors, and I display the author special. Anyway. Anyway, um, wanna tell us. Which one you like better? Tokyo Kyoto. <laughs> um, you can email shoujoandtell at gmail.com or tweet us at shoujoandtell. Actually, wait, we just have a lot of so- social media things that are at shoujoandtell, including Facebook and Instagram and Tumblr. I don't know. I make them very slowly, and then I'm like, oh, God, social media Facebook is in there. Did I say Facebook? I don't even know. <laughs> Wait, we can't end this podcast without mentioning the latest issue of the magazine. Oh, Car- yeah. Captain Sakura okay, pause. In. We're going back a little bit. <laughs> so, so the magazine that Kakura Sakura, Clear Car Arc runs in is Nakayoshi, and it seems like the what we found in the bookstore is the latest issue of Nakayoshi comes with a selfie stick. Comes with a... <laughs> 
it's, Cardcaptor Sakura themed Sylvie it's, un- it's unclear how CCS it is themed. It is like general like flowery imagery and like a bow. It doesn't seem very CCS themed. But there's a selfie stick in the It's a selfie stick just like saran wrapped around this. <laughs> no, I mean it's in a box. It has a Oh yeah. But I mean it's attached by I think that's how like these things are included. It was ridiculous. I wanted to get it and Ashley wouldn't let me. Oh my goodness, no. <laughs> we do not need that in our life. Um, there were also rows of Versailles things at the bookstore that I was. Atten- I think one of them was a tissue box. It was just straight up. <laughs> it was just straight up tissues. <laughs> but I did not buy any of those things either. I tried to c- control myself sometimes. Um, anyway, so all the social media things. Hey Jeff, where can people find you if they want to know about all the non shoujo things? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm definitely Jeff on Twitter. I was gonna say something joking, like I would have shown and jump Twitter, but no, that's not me. Jeff is sometimes on the Shown and Jump podcast, though. Occasionally, occasionally talking about the the Shonens. Um. So, what is next episode? Next episode is going to be about we were there, and it's going to be with Jeff's coworker Nancy Thistlethwaite. Her name is very hard to pronounce. I can't pronounce Japanese names. I can't pronounce. I can't pronounce anything. I'm just really bad. You say, you say a lot of English words with, like, German accents. Like, this like, No, like, say shtick. Shtick? No, that one's normal. There's another word that you say, like, you, you add, like, an H to it. I don't know. It's probably a shtick, but you just said it to me, so... <laughs> no, that one already has it. Whatever. I can't pronounce stuff. Anyway, we're gonna do We Were There. First half of We Were There. High school years, basically, <laughs> by Yuki Obata. For reals, then... Okay, stay tuned. Bye!